0: This is Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Biles, On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators.
1: all and welcome to another edition of the author you your guide to book publishing podcast throughout it i along with my awesome guest will share ahas insights and tips to enhance and support your book publishing journey my goal as always is to support you and your book success reminders if you're on twitter do connect with me on at my Book Shepherd, and if on Facebook, join my Judith Briles Book Publishing Group. It's private, so just ask to join and we will welcome you in. And of course, you can always email me directly at Judith at Briles.com. Daily, I post throughout my social media platforms a favorite quote from my book, Snappy, Sassy, Salty Success for Authors and Writers. And today's quote really does fit in with what our topic is. Authors who think a publisher is going to market their books are in la-la land. Today's authors must learn to be a master book marketer. There are no exceptions. How does that tie in with our topic today? Well, with us is a book publishing expert, Tara Alameni, and she is the visionary of EmeraldLakeBooks.com. And she, we're going to kiss on some of the essential questions that you should always ask, and rarely did you know, a publisher, if you are going to engage and work directly with them. And um, with that said, that a little bit more about this amazing person. She, Tara, is a, uh, an, um, a multiple, multiple award-winning author of seven books. She's also a speaker, a consultant, and a publisher herself, as well as a host of the Publish with Purpose Virtual Summit. And I know she's going to share a little bit about the summit because it's a recurring thing. It's not something that you just do once. It's ongoing. She started many businesses during her career. Her favorite is the one she shepherds right now, Emerald Lake Books, which she co-owns with her best friend, Mark Gerber. It's a boutique publisher. They specialize in working with positive people to integrate a book into their marketing and sales bundle, build their business. And with that, Tara, welcome to the program. And are we ready to jump on this? We certainly are, Judith. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, we're going to have fun. 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 I love love questions anyway. Um, I mean, uh, the more the, the merrier. Every Wednesday, I always throw out a question that I get asked or it's been recurring or it comes up and then I answer it. Sometimes it's a very short answer. Nope. Are you kidding? Why
2: why would you do that? And and questions are always the best way to learn, even sometimes when you ask yourself the question, because a lot of times we already know the answer. We just aren't thinking about
1: it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, where do we start? Um, um, We could have, uh, why don't we talk about, there's so many publishing models today. No, it used to be easy peasy when I first started four decades ago. Gulp, gulp. Um, there, w- th- there was traditional publishing and there was vanity presses. That was it. That was it. And no self-respecting author would consider going down a vanity press because everyone knew it was slop and print and um, probably, if you're lucky, sell a couple of dozen books. With that said, things have changed. So where are we today?
2: So they've changed dramatically because you, you still have the traditional publishers and the vanities are still out there for certain. But there's oh, yeah. plenty of opportunities for people to self-publish or to work with reputable hybrid publishers. And, mm-hmm. and all of these different publishing models, except for the vanities, have their, their, their place. I liken it to the fact that when I got my first car, I did all of my own work on it because I was a kid, and it was cheap, and I didn't have the money to spend on things, but I also had the time to invest to learn how to do it. I got my Chilton's manual, I pulled it out, I followed step by step, and I figured it out, and I had that sense of accomplishment of getting it done when when the car ran and I could drive it safely. And I think for a lot of people who are self-publishing, you know, there's so much material out there. There's plenty of children's manuals for publishers where, where authors can figure out exactly what they need to do and have the satisfaction of doing it right and getting their book out there and having it accomplish what they want it to. But there's some people who either don't want to take all the time to learn how to do that. They have another priority or another focus, but they still want to have a book. And that's where the hybrid publishers come in, because they can really provide that service, much like a mechanic does to uh, you know, somebody who has a car. Um, we're there with the knowledge the skills, the know-how. We know exactly what you want to do to get your book out there and how to do it professionally, and we know how to teach you how to, what to do with it once you have it. So those are well, kind of your different options, and it's a matter of figuring out what works best for you in your particular situation.
1: Okay, so let's say we're interested um we we kind of do, we don't want to do the vanity press thing, so we need mm-hmm. we need we maybe we need some questions, and I always have plenty of them. <laughs> but questions of how how to escape the snar of a vanity press, and then secondly, you, you decided, gee, you know, you know, I don't want to wait two years to get my book published with a traditional if they pick it up. So now we're looking at these these in between that you were just really focusing on. So what questions? should we be asking when we're seeking um, a a hybrid publisher?
2: I think that that there are a ton of questions, and they're the same questions that you would ask for any business you had. So Mm -hmm. if you're working with any product that you're trying to create, market, and sell, the first thing you need to understand are the costs involved. You need to ask the questions that are going to help you understand exactly how much it's going to cost from beginning to end, not just the initial startup fee, but also when is it going to be due? Uh, Are there going to be any other expenses I need to budget for? Uh, So you want to talk about, you know, the initial fee. What what is that fee if there is one? Uh, and, And be careful because some publishers are a little sneaky. They'll tell you that there's no fee, but there's a minimum number of author copies you have to purchase. Oh, yes, and, I, know of,
1: I know of one that one, minimum is 2500
2: Yeah, and, and that's a common number for, for people, for, for them. And I kind of, I liken those more to the vanities because they're a little underhanded in that way. I don't think that that's a, a fair way of doing things. I think the costs need to be clearly understood up front so that the author doesn't find themselves halfway through the process and now over a barrel because they didn't know that there was more to come. And so you really need to ask those questions that are going to help you understand what's the fee, uh, what are the printing arrangements. So when the book is done, who's paying the printing costs? if we're going to do a bulk run, and or is, are they only going to do a print-on-demand? So you have mm-hmm. to ask those questions to tease this information out. And the big one that a lot of uh, people get, get smacks, smacked with at the end is marketing support, because mm-hmm. a lot of publishers will – Um, take your book up to the publication phase and then say, here, here's your book, go have fun. (laughs) But they don't provide you the marketing support necessary to be able to uh, effectively get that book out there. And so those are a lot of the questions that you need to ask so that you understand, are there costs involved in it or is it included in the fee you're paying up front? Mm
3: -hmm. If
2: there are additional costs, when are you going to have to pay them and how much are they going to be? Or they may, or they
1: may shoot. Say there are no additional costs, but what you don't understand is there's upsales coming your way, um,
2: and that's part of why you have to ask these questions. Be, be specific. Ask about the printing arrangements. Ask about are there additional marketing programs you're going to tell me about later, uh, or, or you know, what marketing support are you going to give me as part of this fee? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you need to ask about is the royalty arrangement, uh, because different publishers have different royalties uh, in terms of the royalty shares. Some take none, some take a portion, and you want to make sure that you know, the, the amount that you have to share, that they're doing some work as well to justify them keeping a portion of the sale.
1: Mm-hmm. And and I think for all of you to understand, um, for me, I came from the traditional publishing world. Eighteen of my books were published with the New York uh, gang, and that um, and they did do the marketing. They did do that. That is not the way it is today. That that it it has changed. It has changed dramatically in the last ten years, and and even accelerated in the last five years. That. The only marketing really goes for their mainstream authors, period. Um, and so you may,
2: I, I think that's a shock,
1: Tara, uh, for a lot of people. They don't understand
2: that. I, I think it's a shock, um, and, and I think it's a shock, especially for those who are traditionally published now, because they anticipate <laughs> yeah. that be, being yeah. traditionally published, they're going to get marketing support, and no. they're they're <laughs> shocked to find out that, A whole part of the premise of why a traditional publisher might take you is because they're confident you can do the marketing needed to sell it.
1: Yeah, that's why they want to know how many followers you have. They want to know how many emails you have. They want to know what your social media presence is. They they would like to hear, oh, I'm going to hire a, a PR specialist to help promote the book. That, those are the things they want to hear. And most mm-hmm. of you, I those of you listening in, I suspect that's not what you thought was part of the package. So key right. questions, essential questions. Um, and what, and, what and I will
2: say, mm-hmm. I, I'll add as well, though, that a lot of the hybrid publishers that I network with, because I'm part of a mastermind group with them, they all mm-hmm. provide some level of marketing support. Uh, they're, they're running Amazon ads for their authors. They're, they're mm-hmm. providing them with opportunities. I've got one uh, that I interviewed recently for the Publish with Purpose Summit who um, hosts booths at uh, book festivals for her authors and brings them mm-hmm. in. So you'll find that there are a lot of good publishers out there who really are trying to support their authors in the best way possible. And so that's why these questions are important to ask, is figuring out what exactly is included.
1: Perfect. All right. We're going to take our first break. We'll be right back. But key questions you have to ask is what marketing support you'll supply me and get details. We'll be right back.
0: is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these
3: is there a book in you or another author you shows you how to create develop and publish your book without being hoodwinked if you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author U Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics through Author U's extensive network. Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. AuthorU is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms and it is free discover author you where authors go to become seriously successful join author today at authoryou.org.
0: <laughs> welcome back to your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask if you want to write and publish a book
1: Um, One of the uh, one of the more established uh, hybrid publishers that actually creates a a conference, a summit for authors to uh, become successful, which I'm a huge supporter of. And uh, I know that Tara will mention it as we move along and give the dates because Tara, is it always the same time frame every year?
2: Yes, it's always around the second or third week of October.
1: There you go. So, if you want fall pleasure on your plate, <laughs> fall publishing pleasure, um, that you, if you, if you go to Emerald Lake Books, you'll find all the details. emeraldlakebooks.com. dot um, and I'd recommend you get signed up for it. And I'm honored to be one of the speakers this year. But take advantage of this because it does make a huge huge difference um in this so we're talking about key questions um different models uh that you as an author can take and when tara and i were talking off-site i said you have to come back and use this line because we have to reinforce it so i'm going to throw it back to you and let you share that
2: sure we were talking about marketing support and the fact that Mm -hmm. so few publishers provide it. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I was talking to you about the importance, actually, of the authors being involved in the marketing support because the key aspect of this when you think about marketing is that readers want to connect with authors, not with publishers. Most times people pick up a book, they have no clue who the publisher is. They're looking to see who the author is. And so authors have to become an invested part of the marketing. And I think that's kind of why we transitioned to this authors do more marketing than the publishers is just because it's more effective. But that also means that the authors have to connect more with their readers. Because in that process, then it becomes a two way conversation that builds loyalty so that the readers know, like, and trust them. Mm-hmm.
1: And that way, you do it with social media, you do it with conversations, you do it with Zooms, you do it at events that you show up. There are so many ways to be connected that you don't have to spend a fortune doing, which I think is a huge, huge plus today on on all of this.
2: The the great thing about there being so many different ways is you can choose what feels natural and comfortable to you. You don't Mm -hmm. have to do all the things. You just have to do the things that you're comfortable with and do them well.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I I love it when you said that, that referred to authors or or readers do not buy books that publisher by, because of the publisher, they buy it because of the author or the topic. And I think it's so important for authors to get that grilled in. I mean, very few people go out and pick up a book and say, oh, another fine book by Simon and Schuster. No, they (laughs) do not. (laughs) They do not. Yep. (laughs) But there's, you know, that myth, you have to be with a big name to have credibility. And the answer is no. What you have to create is a credible book. And that's where it starts. So, all right. So we, we have, you've got to understand the cost. Tara has grilled that in. I think it's important to understand this as a writer, um, as a publisher, as an author, that this is a business. Business. Mm-hmm. So you talk about time and money. I'm always after that, too. That uh, I think, and and maybe you've got some tips for authors to get over this, but somehow... So many think, but I've been writing and I'm not getting paid and I'm doing this and now you're saying I need to go hire an editor and I you know, I need to pay for a cover and book designer and i got to pay all this up front and I'm not getting anything yet. What's your counter for that?
2: My counter for it is that if you want a return on your investment of all that time you spent writing, you
3: have to mm. produce
2: a high-quality product
3: mm-hmm. because
2: if you have a sloppy cover, if you have sloppy editing, it's not going to sell. It, it's not going to market itself. And so your, your revenue potential on that is going to be very minimal. If you invest the time and money in creating something that's high quality, that resonates with the right author or the right audience, it'll sell more copies. And now mm-hmm. you'll get a return on the investment of that time.
1: Mm-hmm. And, it, and it comes over time. I, I think one of the other, the other mistakes, the question could be how long will it take to sell books? Or, or show a return on the investment.
2: <laughs> you yeah, can as long that. as you want sales, uh, you'll, you'll keep at it. <laughs> <laughs> Until you have a large library of books, and, and you can speak more to this than I can, but mm-hmm. you know, once you've got 20 or 30 or 40 books, then things start kind of being more organic. Uh, but when you're starting out with just one or two books, those sales are really you pushing the boulder up the hill. Uh, you know, it's got to be something that you love doing. This has to be something that you just, you can't not do. And that's where the satisfaction comes from. And the monetary oh, I- reward comes later.
1: <laughs> yeah, I you know, I don't think the boulder pushing up the hill ever ends because that once you start riding um, and pushing, the expectation is there's going to be quality there and all you need is a couple of duds and, oh, my God, the boulder falls down and you're, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've seen it happen with well-established authors, well-established I, I authors. Too. Yeah,
2: and I have too. So. And, and I've seen it a lot of times when they're at a point where they're feeling burned out because they haven't had sufficient self-care in the process.
1: Oh, let's wh- okay. So let's talk about self-care. You know, so what what kind of? I don't know if we have questions to go with self-care because I I love Not the really. sixty-one <laughs> questions thing. Okay, so let's talk about self-care. <laughs> Um, on that, like I've, when I finish with an author's book, you know, like we're done and it's like, who breathe, you know, and now we're going to get ready to start. We've been setting up marketing and we've been doing things, but before the official launch, I have always told my authors, I want you to take a few days off. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I want you to go play. I want you to go play and do nothing and in, and, and it's and whatever your reward is to yourself um and do that because this next stage the, the fact is what we just did that's 10 percent the next success for your book is going to be the 90 percent that we're going to have to do
2: mm-hmm. right right uh, yeah i always laugh at the fact that you know the, the the old mantra of you put the pen down at the end after writing the end and you think you're all done and oh. like that was the easy part <laughs> uh
3: yes now, now the marketing
2: it- begins and it's and it's not easy and But the thing is, is that you can break it off into bite-sized pieces. Don't Mm -hmm. commit to the whole marketing plan. Commit to one thing each day. And at the end of the year, if you've done one thing each day, you've done 365 things. That's better than trying to get 365 things done in the first month, getting burned out, and then never going back and promoting the book again, which I've seen happen.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Jack Canfield was a, a good friend of mine for many, many, mm-hmm. many years before they ever came along with the whole chicken soup idea that was rejected by a gazillion publishers. Yep. Yep. Um, but one of the things that Mark and he promised themselves that they would do five things each day to support the book, mm-hmm. five things, and it could be it could be five phone calls to just people. To shout out, it could be just you know maybe writing five fill in the blank, but it was the promise to themselves is they would do five things each day to support it, and and most of them didn't cost any money, in uh-huh. the beginning. In the beginning,
2: reach out to a radio show host. There were all sorts of things. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a story I enjoy sharing as well. Although I've never had the pleasure of meeting Jack, but it's something mm-hmm. that really had an impact on me uh, mm-hmm. when I first started marketing my own books was just. <laughs> consistency is the key mm-hmm. and the, the quantity that you try and bite off whether it's one thing or five that, that's up to what you feel capable of doing but the consistency is what's important and mm-hmm. when we try and take everything on all at once then we, we we put ourselves in a position where we we become overwhelmed and we kind of become paralyzed by there's too much to do and because I don't know what to do I can't pick something to do and so I don't do anything mm-hmm. whereas well, if you commit and say, that's just doing one thing that's easy exactly
1: to on. Ex- exactly and and as a you know coming from the speaking business where i spent three decades on the road sometimes in 12 different states in one month that my deal was that i was i would always make five phone calls a day mm-hmm. you know uh, just said, it could be a follow-up phone call. And sometimes I would just get voicemail. Didn't matter. In fact, 80% of the time, that's all I got. It didn't matter. I did mm-hmm. five things. I did five things and you just, you just, you keep reducing um, and doing things to support yourself and the, and build your influence within whatever genre you're in, within industry you're in, fill in the blank. Because there's a lot of similarities between the speaking field and the publishing field with the success formula um, and, and getting out there.
2: So yeah, There certainly uh, is. And, and when you make that commitment to yourself to do something and you follow through in it, it reinforces in your your soul and your spirit and your mind that you are capable of doing this. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so it makes it easier the next day when maybe you don't feel like picking up the phone and making that phone call, but you know you're able to do this, so you do it anyway. And I and think that's, it kind of yeah. combats a yeah. little bit of that imposter syndrome that a lot of authors talk about of, you know, can I really market my book? You know, who, who's going to listen to me? Who's going to read my book? Well, you need to be convinced that people are going to find your book valuable in order to be able to move forward from there.
1: Oh, I'd like to have you dig into the imposter syndrome just a tad. Um, and, it's of course, it's just uh, it's, its other name is self-doubt. But mm-hmm. or, or or that it, it, clearly I couldn't be the author of this or who will believe me or <laughs> what's my credibility or um, and that's uh, that's why I always ask why are you writing this book mm-hmm. why I do why as well. you yeah why you
2: why and you I, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that we each have unique perspectives we each have unique life experiences so we can write a book about the same thing that somebody else has already written a hundred other books on. But it's not from our perspective. It's not with our unique insights, And it's not mm-hmm. written in the words or the language that we would use. And there's going to be a reader out there who's going to resonate more with the way we say things, the experiences we've had, and the information we share, more than with some of the other authors. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, so I think when it, when it comes to imposter syndrome, one of the things that I always consider is the fact that I know more than somebody out there. I may not know as much as, you know, a lot of other people out there, but I do know more than somebody, and they're my audience then, and how can I help them? And when you're coming from a point of this being a, a point of service as a point uh, instead of a point of sales, that's a different thing. That's It's easy then to say, all right, I need to reach out because there's somebody out there who needs what I have to share. They've not I, experienced I, it in this way, they've yeah. not experienced it in this way, and, and they're going yeah. to finally get it when they read my book.
1: Yeah, I love I love what you said. I I had a client, and another book came in on leadership. And the first thought is, oh my God, another not another <laughs> book on leadership. And and okay, what's the twist? Well, it has to have a twist. What you're talking about? What's the unique proposition? Where do mm-hmm. we go here? And the unique proposition came up when I finally came back. I'm just I am struggling, Tara. I'm struggling. And I said, where did your email come from? Oh, well, that came from the martial arts and we did all these things. And I said, oh, my God, we're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll come back. We'll come back.
0: is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Briles. And we'll be right back with more great
3: information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Briles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Briles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event.
0: Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.
1: With me today is Tara Alamany. She is the publisher of Emerald Lake Books. and um, And we're really talking about author success, publishing success. Um, and what to expect when you're expecting a book to be birthed and, and who do you work with? Where do you reach out to? How do you go about it? And how do you avoid the predators, uh, out there? And one of the things that I just got through writing a blog on the, um, huge amount, you know, over two, two million books were published last year, 2021, two million books between all the platforms, all the principles. Um, yes, a lot of them look like trash. I think you'll agree with me, Tara? A lot of them look like trash?
2: Yeah, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, okay. So uh, um, a lot of them are not so hot. And, but there's some real gems in there. And how do you rise above the book pollution that's floating around? And how do you, these are questions for you all, how <laughs> do you avoid being trapped by some of the predators because anytime you have anything rise the way it is and certainly the independent publishing the self-publishing is now out producing more books than traditional publishing in fact they're outselling more per units what happens you attract some of the naughty people so any comments on that on your side tara
2: yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's so many things. When you're in any kind of business, you need to be vetting the people that you're working with. So if you're going mm-hmm. to work with a hybrid publisher, you need to find out if you can talk to people who have, have uh, you know published with them in the past. Uh, one of the things that we've done in the past or suggested people do, I, I call this a pro-level tip, is mm-hmm. if you go to Amazon and go to the book section, there's actually in the title bar uh, an advanced search, and you can look up, all of the books published by a given publisher. And then what you can do is look at, use the look inside feature to see, do you like the quality of the editing, the quality of the design? Do you think that this might be a good fit for you in terms of somebody to work with? And then you can go and research that author and go to the contact page on their website or whatever else. So even if the publisher won't put you in contact directly with somebody, you can still find a way to reach an author who's worked with them to find out what was their experience like. Is it something that you know they would recommend or that they would do again themselves? And so, you know, taking the time to actually get referrals, talk to people who have worked with them, not just what's on their website as testimonials, because sometimes those are fabricated. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but oh I've, no, I've they are more often they, than not, and it's yeah. distressing. So yeah. don't just go with what's on their website. Do yeah. the research.
1: I always want to talk to someone in a referral who is. Maybe a couple of years post their experience, because you know when things are going along, you finally have it. It's honeymoon time, and then you start realizing, mm, maybe some of this is not so good, or there's some hiccups here. Um, so I've always suggested you work, you get referrals for people that are a few years uh, away from them, and I'd and the question I would ask them. You know, if you have, for example, books, if you have if if you are ready to go with another book, would you have them do the process for you? Would you engage mm-hmm. with them again? And if there's silence on the other end, <laughs> do, don't. The answer is no. <laughs>
2: yep. The other thing you can do is before you contact them look at the uh, the author's author page, and if they've done multiple books, check to see if they've done the multiple books with different publishing houses or with the same one, mm-hmm. so that when you do talk with them, you can kind of talk about their experience of, well, I see you did one book with this place and another book with this place. Is there a reason why you didn't use the same publisher for both of them?
1: Yeah, You hopped around. Yeah, there, there is always a reason, and, and I um, thank you for mentioning the search inside, because um, that I always, when I'm considering, you know, uh, even, even people, I get approached all the time and I bet you do for people who design books and things that they want, yep. you know, to pitch their services to you. The first thing I want to look is their portfolio, not only their portfolio, but other books they have out there to see how they look. And I'm always looking for a certain look. Um, there are certain criteria that I'm looking for with any book designer I work with, and if their skill is just laying out line after line after line after line of text, that is not the skill I'm looking for. I'm looking for graphic inclusion and, and reader uh, reader inclusion and experience in their layout design.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that varies from genre to genre, but yes, definitely you want to make sure that it's a professional design that's suitable for the genre that it's in.
1: Yeah, I think so. But even it's stretched because uh, you know typically fiction books are often the line after line. I mean, you can you can gussy up a fiction book.
2: You oh can yeah, have, and chapter embellishments and se- se- section absolutely. break uh, images and yeah, absolutely. And so
1: that's what I'm looking for. You know that kind mm-hmm. of thing. That will allow... Give me some eye candy. Give me a little eye candy, people. That's what I'm after uh, in that. All right? Terry, you talk about rights. Um, I do. And, and, and exclusivity, or do you do that or not? Would you expand on that for our listeners?
2: Right. So one of the things that... W- we have this guide called 61 Questions to Ask Before Choosing a Publisher. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that people get caught up on is what they are actually granting the publisher when they're in that contract. So Mm -hmm. are they granting them exclusive rights, or are they granting them exclusive license? And there's a huge difference between the two. And I'm not a lawyer, so I'm only telling you this as an industry professional. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, is about exclusive rights is essentially you are transferring ownership of your rights to the material to that publisher. And that's not a good place to be in when you consider that your book is a business. So you always want to be in a circumstance when you're looking at these things that you are granting an exclusive license, not granting an exclusive rights. The license means that they're the only one who can publish that work, but the material is still yours. Mm-hmm. You haven't transferred the rights to that material. And mm-hmm. so it's it's a great way to be able to protect yourself because of course many of us, many of the authors that we work with, they're using their book to build a business or brand. Their intellectual property is in that book. And if they're granting mm-hmm. exclusive rights to the intellectual property, the, their intellectual property is no longer theirs. <laughs> so that's not mm-hmm. a good thing to do. Hmm.
1: Um, you know, a, a Tara just mentioned, she referred back to because we are talking about different questions and things. But if you go to her website, the emeraldlakebooks.com, um, and put in the search box or even forward slash, you know, dot com forward slash questions to ask questions is plural questions to ask, you can actually grab. Am I correct here, Tara? You
2: can they grab can, the workbook, yes. Yep. You can
1: grab the, the workbook. workbook. So to protect yourself, I would sure recommend that to y'all um, <laughs> and, and take advantage of that. All right, so I think that's a huge, huge insight, everyone, that you want ex- the, the phrase exclusive license if you're in contract, not exclusive rights. Not exclusive rights. And I will tell you, coming from traditional publishing, it is the exclusive rights clause that is the norm. So you want to watch for that. Right. So
2: the other uh, thing that can be part of the rights is uh, in what languages, what formats, and what territories Mm -hmm. that publisher Mm -hmm. has the right to, to work in. And depending on what you want to do with your book, you may be in a situation where you only want to allow English language rights, because you're going to try and shop the foreign rights yourself. But if you don't have that experience, and the publisher does, you may be better off letting them have all languages. But you just need to think through what's going to fit best with your business model and what you're trying to accomplish, because these things are going to be specified in the contract one way or another, and you want to make sure that they're specified in a way that's favorable to you.
1: Mm. I, I'm so glad that Tara brought up foreign rights. I mean, to me, that was mailbox money, and it—you know—it didn't take off for me until I took that over and just found an agent that repped me. And all of a sudden, you know, over the years, I've been in 17 countries and getting what what I call mailbox money. I like that, and yep. and, and it varies. Every country's different. Let me tell you, it's all over the map. Um, and even, and they often will say, you know, you'll get 10 free copies of the books. Um, if I've gotten them from a handful, you know, it's just trying to chase that down. Um, whether it's India or China or fill in the blank, it's a challenge to do that. But, um, my experience is with foreign rights is that it's usually an exclusive license for a set amount of years. And when that's Mm -hmm. up, of course, With China, we all just kind of turn the other cheek knowing that uh, they'll do what they want to do. Get the money and run. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. so. Yeah. Yeah, so the other part
2: chi- of the rights is, is knowing, you know, how long you are granting that license for. Um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes there'll be an initial period and then it's auto-renewable, but you need to kind of look to see how long is that initial period If I want at the end of that period to take my book back what's involved, uh, do I just have to write a letter within a certain time frame or is there something else that I need to do? Uh, So being aware of all of those different things, those will be spelled out in the contract and you just need to make sure that you're comfortable with what they say.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so again, um, if it's in a foreign language, you're probably not going to be able to read it. (laughs) Um, If it's really foreign. So this is where you need. um, I, I, you know, I do have an agent that handles those for me. But I, as as a side share, one of my favorite rights was sold to Saudi Arabia. It was a book called The Confidence Factor, and it was written for women. And they bought it. And not only did they buy it once, they came back to me several years later, and they wanted to rebuy it again. So I thought that was hilarious, Tara.
2: (laughs) Nice. In,
1: in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they did send me my ten free copies, so I, I kind of like oh, that. Good. That's
2: great. <laughs> now I, right. I'm curious: did they do new covers for you when they did the uh, foreign language translations? Oh sure. Oh oh,
1: it's yeah. all in it, it's all in Farsi. Yeah, it's all it's you know it's backwards. They 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 did pull the image of it. I mean, there was very similarities. You can recognize your name is in English on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the um um and it, and it is really kind of fun to see the foreign displays. One of my very favorite, beautiful display was a a book that was uh, republished in um, South Korea, and they they did a beautiful beautiful job. They actually did color interior. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but but of course they print over there too. They can do all right. that, you know, so so much different. Mm-hmm. Um, before, we're going to take a break in a minute, but I would love to have you kiss on, because um, we, we were talking about knowing your rights. Okay, so what if we want to get a divorce? What if this is not working? What are the things that we should make sure that we have in a contract?
2: You, you need to definitely know how the author can terminate it, uh, what grounds they can terminate it under, and in what time frame they can do that. Uh, standard typically is, is that you know the, the contract initial contract is for three years renewable on an annual basis. Uh, but if you want to get out of it sooner, you need to make sure there's something in the contract before you sign it that, that tells you exactly how to do that.
1: All right. With that said, we're going to take our final break. We'll be right back. In our final segment on Author, You, Your Guide to Book Publishing, I'm Judith Bryles. With me is the awesome Tara Almany. She has a Published with Purpose Summit coming up. October, the date is what date? Uh, this year it is October 10th
2: through 15th in 2022.
1: 10th through 15th is an online summit um, and get goodies. And I'm going to encourage you to go to her website, EmeraldLakeBooks.com and explore it. Go into the search box. You want to get her questions to ask workbook it's a freebie there's also some information about understanding publishing models um, and she were both members of ibpa the international book publishers association and she did a uh, uh, article on hybrid publisher criteria um, and there's also she's got something in her search engine for amazon's Am- advanced search So those are all great resources for if you want to be successful as an author, this is where you invest some of your time learning this stuff um, and getting involved with all of that. All right. So we were talking about in uh, contracts, inclusions, if you're with someone, I have two that I always insist on. One is a reversion of rights, that if the contract terminates, you as the author has the first right Of refusal to buy any remaining stock at the publisher's cost. Clear them out. Mm -hmm. Get it. And then you resell them at whatever price you want to. And that's your birthday present. All right. The second thing is that I think it's very important that you have, if there's a clause in there that, you know, if everyone's unhappy or whatever and a divorce is going to happen... Um, Or that you decide, you know, this is not the publisher for you and you want out and you've got the capability of doing that. Make sure that you have got uh, in within that clause that that for you to help be the trigger to pull the trigger, that if the publisher uh, is not selling a minimum of two to three hundred print books, print books, I'm not talking about electronic, not talking about downloaded, I'm talking about print books a year. You have the option to terminate the contract. Um, Otherwise, they can keep your book in print because of print on demand in perpetuity. So um, it used to be in the old days, we would get a lovely letter from the publisher saying, Hey, it's been great working with you. We've loved your book, but all good things come to an end and we are reversing, you know, reverting the rights back to you. Do you remember those days, Tara? Did you ever have any of
2: those letters? I haven't received them myself, but, yes, I remember those days. Yeah, well, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was very normal. Yeah. It it was very noble, but it was also because they wanted to clear out their warehouse space of your book because it wasn't selling. And uh, with print-on-demand, that just doesn't happen as much because it's not taking up anything more than file space on a server someplace. And you can Mm -hmm. always get another server. So people uh, tend to leave them, them up.
1: You can, and we saw more of those things were happening when there were mergers, and there are always mergers, and mm-hmm. they are clearing out, and that you know, the new publishing group isn't going to be publishing your house, your book, but those things are still there. I'm just saying it's really important to protect yourself.
2: All right, so... Right, um, those, those additional copies that you were talking about being mm-hmm. able to purchase, the industry term for that often is remainders, so when you're mm-hmm. looking in the contract, you're looking for a remainders clause that says what happens to them so that you get first right of refusal
1: on those. And you do. I remember I took a remainder. I mean, they you know, reverted back to me, and they said, would you like to buy the books? Well, you can get them for $0.85. Cents. And I mm-hmm. said, well, how many do you have? And they said, well, we have 1,000 left. And I think it was a 20,000-book run back in the old days. And I said, I'll take them all, all of them. And this book was originally selling at nine ninety five. Oh my God! I raised it to twenty dollars and sold them all. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Yeah, it was. That was a good investment. Um, it certainly was. I mean,
2: even after shipping, you probably cleared a huge profit on those.
1: All right. <laughs> oh, it was yeah, huge. It was huge. All <laughs> right, everyone. Um, let's let's talk about a couple of things. What what? A, tell me about pro level tips. Um, what, what kind of things can we throw out here? Cause you've referred to that phrase often when I talk to you.
2: Yeah. So that was, that was one where we were talking about. The, oh, we the, did uh, kiss that. Going, yeah. going to Amazon. So we were going to hit on working relationships and author copies.
1: All right. I let's go. Oh, all right.
2: All right. Let's come back
1: to, to, um, that this is, it's important. Typically it used to be when I was with, uh, New York, That we could get anywhere from, the typical they offered was a 40% discount. Sometimes you could get 50% discount from the retail price. What's it today? Yeah, this is for author's copy, (laughs) yeah.
2: Yeah, so, so, you know, it's interesting because I am always in favor of a markup over a, a discount. Uh, you'll often find some publishers, they're only offering a 20% discount on the list price, or 40% is, is huge on list price these days. Uh, but it's not in the favor of the author. Uh, so from our standpoint, what we do is we do a 20% markup on the print cost. And the difference is, is often our authors are able to buy their copies at 5 or $6 a, a piece as opposed to, uh, you know, if we're selling a $20 book, buying it for $18. Uh, so, you know, I think knowing what you are being charged mm-hmm. for the author copies is important. Moving into it because that way you can figure out how many you can afford to have uh, at a time and you know how quickly you can move them.
1: Uh, you know, I actually know of a hybrid publisher who not only goes back to what we were talking about the first part of the hour, a minimum of twenty five hundred copies, but then they did offer that to the author when they bought them. You know, they had to buy them. Mm-hmm. at the um their cost, plus the markup and they added another 2 dollars I think onto it. You know, they mm-hmm. put a fixed price on it. But it, when you're buying 20 it, it gets pricey. Y'all need to realize that.
2: <laughs> it's it, low. it does and 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 I think a, a markup on the print price that's really just to cover the the publisher's time for organizing things and and all that neat stuff and that to me is fair. But the discount on the list price to the author, I think is, is never a fair thing because you're not a wholesaler, you're not a retailer. You're the author for Pete's sake, and you should be able to get reasonably priced copies of your book.
1: Mm-hmm. So bringing it way down is what we're after. and I you know I like that a lot mm-hmm. um, on that. so and and I, and I actually have not heard many people use the phrase the markup versus the discount because I think that the discounting it is the more typical.
2: Um, I can't tell you what others do. I haven't asked them. But the markup is what we do, and, and it's what we advocate for, because I think it's uh, – I, I came at starting Emerald Lake Books because I self-published a number of books myself. And some I did completely on my own. One I did with a Vanity Press. And, you know, what I found, with, especially with the Vanity Press, was they were pricing my hardcover at, like, $34 and giving me 20% off on uh, the book. Uh, and it was oh, like –
1: Oh, I so love that you brought this up with the vanity presses because I see that 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 is their M.O. when they price people's books. It was crushing books. because I
2: really couldn't buy many copies of
1: my book. No, no, you can't. And and you know what? Either will anybody else, right? Because because it's not priced right for the genre, and where it goes, it's overpriced.
2: Yep. And at that point in time, that was why I decided when I started Emerald Lake Books, anything that I saw in the industry that I had experienced that I did not like, I mm-hmm. made sure we did differently. <laughs> and so it wasn't even that I looked at however other people were pricing their author copies. I certainly know other publishers that are doing a, a markup as well, but I just couldn't tell you who they are at the moment. Uh, but the markup just seems so much more fair because that's not where I need to be making my money. I need to be supporting the author as much as possible in their getting the book out there. And if they're doing those sales and they're doing them on their own, that's not a situation that I really need to be profiting on. I want mm-hmm. to support them to get the book out as much as possible because those readers are going to be talking about the book. They're going to be sharing with others who are going to come to the channels that I've set up and purchase through us. And that's where we get our royalty share.
3: hmm
1: and and I, that's the magic word. Let's share. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, with all that. All right. So, if, if as we look at this, that you're and you should get copies. Do you recommend to authors to get a certain number of copies?
2: I do recommend they get a number of copies, but I let them know that the number that they get is up to what they're comfortable with. So, some of our authors only start with ten copies. Others of our authors get you know two hundred copies. It really depends on how clearly they've defined their marketing plan and what their initial launch is in terms of do they have copies they want to give to their endorsers and their launch team and and send out for to the media and as as book promos. And in that case, you know we want to make sure that they have enough copies to be able to do all those things, and we work through calculating the numbers with them so that they have a good idea what they need.
1: All right, and so, or they want, or maybe yep. they haven't thought through how they're going to use them, where they'll exactly. go with them with, and all that. And I always tell my authors that, listen, if your goal is to get out speaking, you need several cases of books, mm-hmm. because if you're effective and you connect with your audience, a case will disappear at one presentation minimum. So, right. you need you need to think that way. So. That's where you're going around. Are most of your authors doing the print-on-demand model, or are they doing any other type of printing?
2: Most of them are doing print-on-demand. We do have a couple that have uh, very custom hardcovers uh, with dust jackets and gold leaf, uh, copper leaf foil, and custom oh, colors on the canvas and stuff. So beautifully yeah. designed books, but those those become harder to move because your distribution channels, you know, unless you have a warehouse someplace that's doing fulfillment for you on distribution, they're harder to get to the places they need to go. Unless you're out
1: speaking and you're moving them yourself. Yep. And with that, thank you, Tara, for being with us today. We Our hour you're is welcome. up. Okay, everyone. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. I enjoyed having you. All right. So, again, it's Emerald Lake uh, Books. And, and take advantage of that and explore it. And we will be with you next week.